Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good. We're a lot more awake and lively than we were yesterday. <laughs> yes. Although, Julia, I have to say, I did like seeing the coverage on Access Entertainment Tonight and ET about the AARP Hollywood for Grown Up Gala. That's what they are called at the gala. Ah. It got so much press yes. this year. I'm kind of blown away. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm excited. It's really great. I think. Knock um, on wood. Next year we're on that red carpet. How'd it go this morning with you and the my talkies? It went well, Lori. Um, I want you to know all those nice notes you made for me. I left here at work. <laughs> so, uh, I started out kind of. Did we and win any categories today? We didn't. We didn't, but we came in second so strongly. We second and third. We really were close in many, but um, no, we didn't. Do you even remember your categories? Oprah, Most valuable celebrity. Oprah didn't win. Uh, Taylor Swift won. Um, but she was, se- I think Oprah was second. second. And then the other ones were. Um, the actors, we didn't care. We we were happy Julia with Julia Gardner, actors. but she was just in second. Okay, she was in good. second, very close okay. um, to whoever won, whoever that was. This was a long time ago in my mind. Yes, I know. And I didn't realize when I got up and, you know, clicked into the stream yard, I don't have the right mic at home, so you have to talk on your phone and hold your phone. But I didn't. What am I going to do tomorrow? Well, (laughs) I've prepped you. You're going to do good. You're going to do well. Call in. You're going to call in. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun, though. I'm telling you what, there is an art. To making that fun, and Jason is such a good host. It was really MC Zaddy. He's so good at it, and and Alexis is so cute. I mean, everyone they really do a good job making. Do they announce who the people picked first? Um, or do they have everybody? A little bit of both. It was kind of a little bit of both. Um, we did it both ways. But I'm gonna tell you, I actually the hour went like that. All right, it was an hour. It's fun. You know, it was an hour, okay. but in Rocco does some nice, you know, right. stuff. And really there's a nice, nice comment. My about- turn tomorrow. I'm with all the boys. They put me with all the. I guess they were like, yeah, get, put the girl with two testicles on with all the guys with <laughs> testicles. Oh, yeah. Bradley, Steve, and Jason, and me. That's and a fun Alexis. group. That's who I was with. That's Anna. a fun group. Yeah, yeah. boys versus yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. But one of the things about it is we have one. Jason, and Alexis have two winnings. Don and Steve have two. Bradley and Don, zero, and the Academy has one. All right. So, yeah. Austin Butler is the Academy's one lone winner. I'm going to tell you when Elvis lost Mm -hmm. today for Best Movie to Top Gun, Mm -hmm. um, 
the they made um, Rocco did a nice thing about saying how you were just falling over in your grave <laughs> because mean, you could it, be, yeah it's yeah. not right it's it's not was, right it was funny I, I'm nice. telling you so tune in tomorrow morning at eight a.m. that's a fun I really thought it was fun all right well speaking of something that isn't right this is um, something that has bothered me since last summer when we heard about it and that is that the city of St Paul is trying. The the St. Paul Parks and Rec is proposing a regional trail plan for Summit Avenue. The Hollywood speak on that is that they're going to tear up Summit Avenue, replace all the curbs, which they just replaced a couple years ago at quite a bit of expense, and tear down a whole bunch of trees to widen the bike lane that's already in existence on Summit Avenue. Shame. I'm going to say this because I grew up in St. Paul, like mm-hmm. five blocks off Summit. Um, you know, that was our very first house. And we walked, what they're talking about is getting rid of the boulevards. I mean, oh. it's that is what Summit Avenue was known for, is these beautiful boulevards. Why these biking lanes have so much power. <laughs> and the city is steering the plan. It has been unsettling. We did. We don't usually do this kind of thing, but we, we did. Don't. We did post SaveSummitAvenue.org on our website. If you love the historic character of summit and you love trees we ask you to sign this petition if you live in st paul after you sign it it will show you where your ward is and you can send an email but they are the draft of the plan uh drops tomorrow and it feels like they they're ignoring advice from their own experts who have basically said it's already perfect the way yeah, it is. Just repave it for once. Re-pave so there's not it. potholes. And they did, Julie, I'm telling you, um, remember they did that bridge over Aid Mill World? Then yep. they redid all yep. these curbs, too. They put them out and rounder and this and that. And we have a, a it's going to be published tomorrow. And then there'll be a 38, but 30 day proposal where I guess the fear is for. You know, people who live in St. Paul and most certainly uh, probably 98 percent of the people who live on Summit Avenue is that there is this real fear that the city is going to buffalo and um, do kind of a smoke and mirror kind of thing. Because somebody somewhere is making money on this redo of the boulevard, but I'm worried they're going to ruin St. Paul, Summit Avenue, like they've ruined a lot of Minneapolis with their... Fakakta streets and the parking that comes out this way. We we are land of cars. We have plenty of bike trails. We have plenty of wonderful outdoor. And space. there are already bike trails that exist. They On don't Summit. need to be wider. What about the walkers? What about everything? It and this is just a passion because oh, it makes me just furious. There's. I want to say one other thing about St. Paul right now. As a long, mm-hmm. I grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, this obsession to take busy streets and make a bike lane in them. And mm-hmm. I'll give you Lexington Avenue going down a hill right before Randolph. In the middle of a winter, no one would be caught dead riding their bike there. And Aid Mill Road, which was short line, yeah. putting a bike lane there instead of an extra car lane. I don't know what it is. Great that we have bike areas. We have so many biking so, trails. Does every who? street need to be a bike trail? And the other thing with this summit plan is it will get rid 
of quite a bit of crosswalks and the ability for people who live on Summit to have their park, to have street parking. Right. It makes, there are 300 carriage walks and 150 driveway aprons that they would redo. It's completely unnecessary. And they're going to raise your... Yeah, well, who knows what that's going to be, but they want to have all this curved stuff. I don't know why they're doing all this. They've taken away so much parking in St. Paul already. It's just... It's... Anyway. And in-street bike lanes save trees, and there are safer, better, cheaper ways that they can do it. It could do this. If the city of St. Paul can't get its act together and repave Summit in the last seven years, they have no business trying to redo the boulevard. So... If you love trees, if you love Summit Avenue, please go to the LoJ page or go to uh, SaveSummitAvenue.org. This is progress that is not needed. Are you? A, do you have to be a St. Paul resident to vote? You anyone can anyone uh, sign can on vote? the petition. Okay. You have to be a St. Paul resident to contact your city council person. Okay, got it. And which Casey and I have already done, along with all of uh, many other people that we know that live in St. Paul. And if you go everywhere, anywhere in St. Paul, there's SOS signs, save our streets, save right. our trees. The only other thing I just want to say <sighs> is that I live in a suburb now and our streets get plowed and it all works and that's how it's supposed to do. I, I feel like there's so many other issues in St. Paul about basic management of plowing and keeping the streets safe. I mean, that they ignore, and the potholes. Just they, yeah, they have very, potholes. Yeah, it, it's the potholes, they, they're, they're horrible. Very, you yeah. have no idea. Yeah. yeah. It's it's Summit is the most beautiful street and they haven't paved it in years. It's just like highway robbery because uh, people would drive down Summit to see. We're that. mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. Right. Oh, there, there, there is our Julia Sugarbaker moment. But I would go sign the petition. Yeah, it's it's maddening. It's maddening. I feel like the city and the St. Paul Parks and Recs Department are buffaloing us. It's a bunch of BS. And I'm sorry, not sorry to the bikers because there's plenty of there places bike lanes. for you to bike. They're already there. That's right. Okay. All right. And with that, it's our story we can't get enough of. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's Lori and Julia here for Chan Hassan Dinner Theater. And if you're thinking about Valentine's Day, they have wonderful things there you can do. Um, always. Good date night there. I love It's just a classic place. So much to do. For starters, the new show on the main stage, The Prom, is happening. It's a big, splashy Tony Award uh, winning musical comedy. It starts February 10th. It's a new uh, show based on a true story, of course. Singing, dancing, and a story packed with big comedy and kindness. People, you do not want to miss the prom. We already have our tickets. We can't wait to see you. Do the amazing Don Shelby and Nancy Nelson. I have love letters for eight shows in February. Can't wait to see this. They were on. They were so delightful. It's sold out in November. You know that these are going quick. We I, we have our tickets. The concerts coming up. Tributes to the band, Rod Stewart, Pat Stevens, tons more. And of course, TV Race Comedy, ChanHassonDT.com. Makes me so mad. I just I sent out a thing to my council person. I know. I just went and signed Save Summit Avenue. Go to the LoJ um, show page if you want more information on it. But it's it's ridiculous. Ridiculous what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. Some hot gossip. Joy. Yes. Some hot gossip story that I uh, just took. I was just like, wow. Finally. Okay. Here's what's going on. So uh, the first hot gossip story is that uh, Ashen Kutcher is on the cover of GQ magazine. Okay. 
um, must be the February issue, looking, you know, tousled and, you know, just looking different than he looks. Because he really has stepped away from acting. And he had a big health scare, too. Yes. Yeah. So GQ brings up Demi Moore's memoir, Inside Out, which came out in 2019. Tore through that book. I loved that memoir. You did. So we talked about it for a lot. Yep. So her memoir, Inside Out, um, and he told Esquire he did did not want to open up anything up in that realm as far as the book is concerned um, because they asked him, how did that book release your family? And he said, I had finally gotten to a place where the press had really laid off uh, me and my wife, Mila Kunis, and my life and my family. He said, and then her book came out and then the paparazzi were at my kid's school. And he, and he said, I don't have any hard feelings for Demi, but I was bleeping, bleeped off with her because he never made any comments at the time. But the one thing that came out was she reflected on two threesomes that she and Ashton had right. in the book. And she also accused him of influencing her relapse. That's right. And she also told us about a miscarriage she had at six months. That's right. So he said, again, to, I don't want to, you know, I was bleeping bleeped yeah. off. And I don't have any hard feelings. He said, but look, I was 26. I was bearing the responsibility of an 8-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 12-year-old. Because he was 24 when he started dating to me, and right. then they got married at 26. He said, I still have a relationship with all the kids. He said, I, for whatever reason, I needed to have children. And we always knew that was right. the reason that they broke up. But he was uh, not happy with her writing those Okay, let me and let me just tell you why. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here he is because when the book was written, he had small children, and for you, some things you just don't want out there. I would die if my kids knew that Bill and I had these threesomes or yeah. something, and we're divorced. And Bill decides he's going to write about yeah. them. I'd I would be furious. Like he was. you need to give me the right to say yes or no on that one because it involves me. Yeah, but he never spoken about it, which no? was the, his PR consultant and probably his wife said the same thing, don't say anything, don't you know, don't never bring complain, it up. never explain That's kind of right. thing, but I but I was a double expletive with GQ. He was bleeping bleeped off. I would have been too. Yeah. So And he was a huge part of those kids' lives. You and know, still has a relationship yes. with those kids. And we always knew that's why it wasn't going to work when they got married. He was a piece of ash. We always said piece it. Of ash. Yes. <laughs> he was 36. And he Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house 
to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. It was 24. She w- oh, we yeah. came up with that. He was her piece of ash. Oh, that's yeah. where Wood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wood. But always difficult when you're older... At 36, in age to your husband, then your oldest daughter is closer. To, yeah, you know, that yeah, would be a tough. Just, and then, you know, the the biological clock's Clock, not being yeah. in sync at the 100%. same time. 100%. So, That's now this tough. one gave me... What do you think of him saying that? I, I think it's enough time has passed. It's been, you know, four years since mm-hmm. that book came out. And, yeah, so... Seems right that he approached. Yeah, he, he commented, and that's all he wanted to right. say. And you know, and not, they are friends. And but at the time, he was. Oh, furious. I would have been livid. Right. So, um, this other hot gossip story that I like and is, um, um, you know, speaking of speaking of your exes in a bad way. Remember when Ben Affleck blamed his drinking on Jennifer Garner yeah. and that he'd still be a drunk if he yeah. was with her. Yep. That was about a year I'd and a half ago. I'd still be on the couch yeah, drinking just, every night Yeah, if I was married to her. Oh, that's another... What? What is that? So we, we were like, yeah. so we were like, boy, she's nice. She drove him to rehab for his third time. She's, she's co-parented with him beautifully. Had the kids when he was busy doing, you know, all of these other things. So... Anyway, and she was supposedly happy, and I believe, to be rid of her fourth child. But anyway, I saw a photo <laughs> of Ben Affleck greeting, you know, Jennifer Garner's boyfriend, boyfriend of, of a few years, John Miller, outside their house. And then, um, and in case you haven't heard, you know, Ben is super, you know, double married to Jennifer Lopez now after a 20-year separation. But TikTok is going viral because last... I think it was Thursday night because we left Friday morning for LA. Yeah. They had the premiere of Shotgun Wedding, a big party. Yep. And um, so, anyway, page six says, um, or excuse me, not page six. So there's a clip which was posted on Sunday at the after party of the Hollywood the premiere, which happened on Saturday night. Excuse me, not on um, on Thursday night. And at the after party. Somebody's filmed Ben and Jen, and at the song at the the party, "Let's Get Loud," yeah. Jennifer Lopez song is yeah. playing, and Lopez is seen holding a wine glass and kind of like, you know, holding up and looking at it as Ben yells, and you can clearly see him if you're a lip reader, and this TikToker was. I didn't drink anything, okay? Oh, so she's kind of accusing him that he's not sober. And she's maintaining eye contact if she's sniffing the glass and looking at him. And then he says, Jen. Oh, so people, you know, are like, oh boy, imagine to have to defend yourself while your ex's song is playing that. Yeah. And she's accusing you of maybe drinking. Then what about being the bartender who served it? <laughs> anyway. We'll just see what happens, but that look didn't look good. Oh, it didn't look good. Well, I wouldn't want to be him. Nope. I, yeah. We wish him well. We wish him well. I love that. We really do. 
Okay, Furniture Manor, Furniture Manor, Furniture Manor. Um, you know, it takes, um, we have choices when it comes to who we buy things from. And I think I we always uh, love people who shop local and support our community. And Furniture Manor has been in business since the late 60s. And uh, it's a second generation. Robin runs the business and is just done this fine job. But I really think, you know, furniture is something you should sit, you should feel, you should see. It, it's so worthwhile your time to pop on up to Furniture Manor. They're just north of 694 on County Road 81 in Osseo. And it's just so accessible and so lovely. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5. They're, they have so many different things, and they also have a really great odds and ends room. We always got to check out that room to see what we, we can find We always end up with something, too, yes. from there. So, And we love their furniture, their accessories, their designers, and their pricing. And we know you will, too. FurnitureManor.com. These of our childhood died last night. Grant sent me a note. Cindy Williams, about an hour after we left here, had passed away at the age of 75. And, of course, absolutely Epic as one half of Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. You know that that show, its third year on the air, was the most watched show in America. It was and so it, fun. Just a little spinoff. You know, it was just going to be, they were just going to play Richie and Fonzie's uh, legendary Fleet Week Trollops, <laughs> Laverne <laughs> DeFazio, and best friend Shirley Feeney is how that spinoff happened. And of mm-hmm. course, Penny Marshall, Gary Marshall's uh, brother, created Happy Days and this, but... GMA, Chris Conley um, did a remembering and celebrating Cindy Williams, and so we'll listen to that yeah, audio. It's, it's good. good. It's good. And Cindy Williams, of course, is in probably the best movie about being a teenager in the 50s, American Graffiti, yeah. Laurie Henderson, to Ron Howard's Steve, mm-hmm. and she's epic in that. She gets nominated. Um, it got her a BAFTA nomination, American Graffiti. Wow. And um, in, in a supporting role, and she was also in the conversation directed by Francis Ford Coppola, which a lot of people know that. But she really got to know her her future sitcom soulmate, Penny Marshall. They met on a double date with their dates. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So cool. you know, just kind of ironic. And then they were hired to write a comedy for Francis Ford Coppola's production company. And then, $30 a week. Yeah, and then... That's and, it? And then uh, Gary Marshall wow. asked them to guest star just to be these trollopy dates on Happy Days. Right, Penny's older brother. Penny's older mm-hmm. brother. And they would be, you know, we'll call you the Fleet Week trollops. And they stole the spotlight and they got detrolloped and then given, you know, a show. And um, it was originally titled Laverne DeFazio and Shirley Feeney. But it just ends up saying that in the script. It's sure. just called Laverne and Shirley. It debuted on January 27, 1976 and ran for eight seasons. And I believe the seventh season, she wasn't really on. What? She asked for family leave. No, here's what happened. What like, happened? I've got Didn't the she LA want Times parental thing. leave or well, something? They, she was pregnant. Yes. She was pregnant oh. and she was going to be giving birth. And they, um, when it came time for her to sign the contract, they had her working on her due date. What? And yeah. um, she said, you know, I can't sign this. I went back and forth and back and forth and it just never worked out. After she left, she ended up suing Paramount TV mm-hmm. and Gary Marshall with $20 million claiming they welched on a promise to accommodate her during her pregnancy and still pay her. She, at that time, in the 70s... No, this would have been the 80s. 80s, $75,000 per episode. Yeah. 
Um, the lawsuit settled. Everything was copacetic. But and she changed the rules for women who were yeah. pregnant working as actors yeah. in Hollywood. That's a thing that she did in 1982. She marries Bill Hudson of the Hudson brothers, Goldie Hawn's ex-husband and Kate Hudson's dad. Yep. And they have two children together. Really? I didn't Emily know that. and Zach. And they were married for 18 years, and then they divorced in 2000. So, wow. Um, anyway, um, she was in, like, before she had Happy Days, she would be in, like, Room 222. Yeah, I love, love that American love, style. Love that show. Kind of these uh, classic. She was in Barefoot in the Park. After she got, she majored in theater at L.A. City College. So the only one left from, uh, is, is, uh. Lenny. Yeah, because Squiggy died. Squiggy died. And anyway, but I wonder if there's, I don't think there's a relationship between Emily and Zach and and Kate. Even though they Hudson is the dad. I've never known that. You never knew that. And I don't think I've ever seen a picture. Picture of what work right? I was just looking at it. I didn't know who Michael McKean was, and now I remember from Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Yes. Wow. And if you've never seen American Graffiti, Really and truly, if you want to have what I I do think, and it is considered like the best kind of that 50s Harrison Ford is in it. Mm-hmm. Isn't Harrison Ford in it? Actually, no, Harrison I don't know. Ford, no, no. it's that other guy that, that plays the hot rodder. Mackenzie Phillips is in yes, it. Yes, I know. Paul, he was in I our know. studio. He I plays know. the hot rodder in it. Uh, Paul. Richard Dreyfus is in it. Yep. Suzanne Summers. Harrison Ford is in it, actually. Okay. That's yeah, okay. Bob F- F- FIFA. Yeah, and Suzanne Summers plays this elusive blonde Paul in in it. It's just, it's Candy really. Candy Clark was in it. It's so, so good. But Lori Henderson, like, she was sort of the glue of that story because Steve, her boyfriend, wants to go off to college and they've been college sweet. I, I don't know. It's really a great movie. And I always forget that George Lucas directed it. Mm-hmm. They cruised. It's a bunch of kids in the last day of summer vacation. They cruised the town, oh, yeah. the streets mm-hmm. of a small town of California. That's what people used to do back in the day. Yeah. With, with, mis- with disc jockeys, they spin classic rock and Wolf, roll tunes. Wolfman Jack. Wolfman yeah, Jack what is a, in it. That was kind of what I... And I, then she started in 1990s. They were going to do a Steel Magnolias TV show. Mm-hmm. And she was going to play the Sally Field part. And then it never happened. But she was going to be Malin. And it did exist. And then she started normal life and getting by. And then she did a lot of guest stars. I guess I just don't. Did, was she? And so she had divorced from Bill and Bill Hudson in 2000. They were married for eight. She was years. young. She was 75 years old yeah. and died of a quick illness. Oh, man. I did just... you guys ever see more American Graffiti from 1979? It's a sequel. Never did. I love <laughs> that first one so much. It, okay, so the first one, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Classic. Mm-hmm. The, the the sequel, 20% oh, on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, just rewatch that. I'll always rewatch that movie. I, I see it on. And I wonder where you can watch Laverne and Shirley. I just remember watching that with my oh, sisters like on a I'll Tuesday look. night. All the time. All the time. And we just would let la- it would be something, you know, to do if we weren't, you know, doing something else. And in 1976, we probably weren't doing anything else. Anyway, they were like Lucy and Ethel years yeah, they later. Were. They were. They were wonderful. Because their physical comedy, mm-hmm. maybe Boo Boo Kitty and Penny Marshall waiting for her at the pearly gates.
Wow. Jeez, that's wow, just, wow, yeah. Wow. I know it. I was really if, surprised. If you want to watch Laverne and Shirley. How do we watch? So, like, there's an app that you can get on any TV called Pluto. It's a free oh, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Pluto that's TV. Great, they have all the good old shows. And they actually have a channel dedicated to the whole show, so you could just watch endless Laverne and Shirley. So oh, Pluto, gonna watch yeah, Pluto TV, go tonight, just go through it. You'll see Laverne and Shirley, and there it is for you. Right, okay, cool, here's thanks. a little thing about the siblings. You know, Kate. Kate Hudson and Oliver and Zach. Well, and- Oliver is not. Bill Hudson isn't oh, his right, dad. Just Kate. Yeah. So here's Kate. what Kate Hudson said on a podcast about wanting to reconnect with Zach and Emily. She says, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately, Dad. Bill she was Hudson. talking to her brother at the time. I've been thinking about our sisters that we don't spend any time with and our brother or brothers. We've got four siblings we don't spend any time with. We've been talking so much about sibling relationships in distraught relationships and good intention. And here we are. We've got these siblings we never talked to. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Anyway, rest in peace, Cindy Williams. She, gave she us was always so, so cute much, and so happy. Cute, so cute. Yep. Just loved her. All right, listen, um, when we come back, Julia, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about everything. We've got everything, everything. We have good couch, Julia, is what we have. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. Now, Ann, we've heard that January has one of the highest rates for divorce filings than any other month of the year. And I'm wondering, is this because of the holidays, because of the new year starting? What's the deal? I think it really is affected by the holidays. I think a lot of people who are at a difficult point in their life try to maintain status quo for the sake of the children and the family during the holidays. They get through it and they kind of say, this is kind of my last straw. I need to move on. And again, you have your New Year's resolutions and it's the idea that now I I can make those changes I need to and make a fresh start in my life. And if some of our people listening are thinking about divorce, what should their next steps be? Well, I really encourage people to start educating themselves. Start really gathering information and knowledge of their financial circumstances. A lot of people rely on the spouse to take care of it. Start educating yourself on that to be prepared. It'll also be more cost effective during the divorce proceeding. Call Tressler Law for your free one-hour divorce consultation. Find them online at TresslerLaw.com or use my talk keyword divorce was good couch there was so much of it austin butler on fallon um murray bartlett on on with uh uh, colbert selma hayek was on with kimmel it was just a lot of good late but i had to watch it all this morning because last night i only had room for the last of us grant and julia watched Mm. it too the third episode Viewership. You're right. Absolutely epic, yep. epic television series. <laughs> I mean, episode. Episode. Like, it's one of the best television episodes I might have ever seen in my entire life. So, so good. Yeah. And we're not going to give away any spoilers, but The Last of Us is getting the Kate Bush bump with Long, Long Time, which is featured in that episode. By Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, by Linda Ronstadt twice. And I did just read a little bit about the show um, the executive producer, uh, producer and director, Craig Mazin, his friend, Seth Rudetsky, suggested this Linda Ronsed song, which Love is from it. 1970. And it was released on her. I mean, it was, uh, it, yeah, it was released. It never got to more than 25. Okay. And um, so it was just, you know, anyway, but in an hour, on Sunday night, it just went up 4,900%. It's still climbing. And it was such a, you know, an unbelievable episode. It was also hot as hell. 
Yep. And also um, just so, so moving. But he made it. He said, I knew I needed a song to hit certain things about longing and aching love and endlessly unrequited love. I could not find the right song for the life of me. I was trying and trying and trying. And then I texted my friend Seth, who's the host of Sirius XM on Broadway. Uh-huh. I love it. And a savant. And I said, here's all the things I need. And two seconds later, he said, Linda Ronstead, long, long time. Literally I, tearing up It right will now totally this be world. the writing song. And oh. I mean, Craig like knew it right away. So we're oh, not going to spoil perfect. what happens in this third episode. I will say HBO Max is heavily, heavily, heavily promoting that they have a one-week free trial yes. for you to get hooked yes. on these first three yes. episodes. And yeah. and viewership of that series went up 12% after that episode. It did. And, and it started with, you know, this is from a video game. So it had yeah. this built-in audience already when it started because people who played the video game love this video game. And we're but excited it differs about it. already from the video game. It has anyways. trailed off a little bit. Yeah. But it's nice to talk with someone like Quinn, our social media director. He has such insight from the game that yeah. it helps you make those connections. But there's still, you know, you don't yeah, need I to don't, know the game. Yeah, I don't even, you don't, need, you don't to. need to know no. anything about the video game. You don't. To watch the show. I'm just saying, you know, it follows in the, like, it gives me the feeling of how I felt about Station Eleven. Yes. Where it's a post-apocalyptic story that you, is so unbelievable, but yet has hope and humanity, which is always what we like in yes. a good show yes. like this. So, Did The Walking Dead have hope and humanity? At the beginning. Yes, oh. at the beginning. The first three seasons, oh. it really did. It when they had, got to the CDC, it was hope. You know, every the it, first two or three seasons, like you yes. said, there was always a mission, and then it just got kind of washed out a little and bit. And always uh, in post-apocalyptic and zombie, you need someone to cheer for you. There has to be he, heart and humanity, otherwise it's insufferable to watch. Yes, and there is a lot of heart and humanity in in this yes. and and I've uh, Nick Offerman is you know married was, to Megan Mullally yeah. and he starred oh. in this episode with Marie Bartlett, who people know as Armand, the hotel general manager from White Lotus, and the other guy is Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. Thank you, that's yep. and and um, I guess Murray was also in The Chippendales, which okay. none of us watched on Hulu, and he was on late night last night. He was on with Colbert. And we won't play any of the stuff that's where, but first of all, he was beyond a charming guest. Did you catch this at no, all? No, I didn't catch any of it. I was on the radio this morning. Oh, that's right. Well, <laughs> Rachel Brosnahan was on first, talking oh. about the final season of, of uh, Mrs. Marvelous Maisel, Ms. Maisel. And then she's starring on something on Broadway. But Nick had a good, I mean, uh, Marie had a good you know, 10 minutes with Colbert. And just so here's just a little bit about just talking about playing it being in this episode three i think if there was an apocalypse i would be rushing to find nick offerman possibly pushing his wife megan out of the way (laughs) or maybe she just tragically got lost or (laughs) Or, you know i don't know i know we we could i I wouldn't mind including her but um, he's handy i've got uh, some of his furniture yeah he makes yeah. things. Yeah. He's very practical. Yeah. So I think he could, I also feel like he could like kill an elk. Don't yeah. you think? <laughs> sure. Right? Sure. Why not? I feel like he could kill an elk. Yeah. And dry it and make it last for like two years. Yeah. And what do you bring to the, what do you bring to the relationship here? Good point. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've got a great sense of humour. Um, <laughs> and I'm a good cook, so oh, I could cook the elk. You could sauté yeah. an elk. I could, yeah. Yeah. That's funny, because as if you know Ron Swanson's character, he's like the man's man he's, from it, Parks and Rec, so he's totally and like Nick a Nick Offerman. Nick is kind of that way. He, he does make furniture. He is like kind of a poet, this gentle bear of yes. a guy. Yes, yes. Um, but... Um, you know, Murray also told the story about uh, the first day of filming uh, for the White Lotus, the the first one. And Mike White was like, well, you never know. Maybe the person who I like the most in this series that we're about to film will get a spinoff. So obviously <gasps> the first season, he yeah. got Jennifer Coolidge. She got to come back. Uh, yeah. And then Colbert's like, explain, explain. He said, well... I said to him, I said, at the end of it, well, I wonder how that would be. And he said, well, we could always explore Armand's beginning of his general manager career. Sure. Oh, I love it. so awesome. Yeah. Oh, I would watch that in a second. We'd watch that in a second. Yes. And and, uh, and I just, yeah, that was probably, season three had probably one of the most erotic kiss and erotic scenes mm-hmm. I've seen in a television show in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wouldn't you say? It was so moving. Uh, it was beyond. But it was erotic. I, it was sexy. And, it, and, and, and it was sexy in an unexpected way, way that yeah. you never get to see on on uh, on film. Mm-hmm. Really. Yep. Anyway, it was, I just it was thought good. it. I cried and cried. Oh, and cried. multiple times. Yeah. I did not know Murray Bartlett was on Guiding Light like forever. I forgot oh, about he that. He has tried he to has break been, in. Yeah, he was in Hollywood forever. Well, he got through with White Lotus. And by taking a dump in a suitcase. Exactly. I'll <laughs> never forget it. And I don't think that's spoiling anything two years after that show came no, out. No, that I think that epic. something can't be spoiled after what? You know, three months. I would a say year. three to six for sure. Yeah. yeah, but that scene, that that episode, yeah. oh, put him on the map. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, because like most actors would just say, "Absolutely not, I'm not going to take a dupe in a suitcase." <laughs> right. And he's been on Guiding Light, and he's like, "I will take a dupe in your suitcase, Mike White, and I'll let that other thing happen to me." Yes, he is. He's so he's so good. <laughs> he's good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, please have uh, more. I hope more bookers are are booking him because he was just so funny. And um, and Salma Hayek, you know, came dressed to Jimmy Kimmel like was she, she was going to read. Her? No, she was going to read children's book at at a fancy uh, cocktail party. <laughs> Someone told her to put away the cover up wrap, the fishnet thing she wore last week. I don't know, but she was very funny too. She and Jimmy had great. Uh, rapport, but I do notice that she always gets billed Salma Hayek Pernot. Like two years ago, her husband finally yep. said, you have to start using my last name. Yep. Which, you know, fine, but I don't know. It seems kind of weird. He's got Murray Bartnard has... Bartlett's got Bartlett. a lot going on. He's got one thing. He's got a TV series in production called Extra Explorations or something. It's a very hard word to 